Blog Talk Radio. You control what you think about, 
You control your own attitude. And for the most part, you control what you do. Very few of us at this moment are currently in shackles that are listening to this show as it is right now. Most of us can make a number of choices. And even those of us that have been in shackles realize that even at that time, there were still choices that we could make. Now, what if? I know I'm kind of crazy today. I'm going to go out on a limb and just say, what if? We decided today, today, maybe carry it into tomorrow, maybe next week, but that we put our energy and our effort into being a solution, into making a positive difference in the world. Maybe, maybe we've talked about this so many times, Maybe we start by seeing in our mind, by thinking about those things that we would want to see. You know, how many people in our life? that's one of the reasons that Facebook drives me so nuts, because it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. So many people are complaining and griping and bitching and whining and moaning and, and belly aching and subverting and causing problems that it's no wonder that there are so many problems. Imagine, and I can, a world where we just talked about those things we wanted to see. Now, Again, I know I'm being crazy here, but put yourself in the spot where all you could do, or what if, everything you thought happened. Wouldn't you think a little differently? Would you think about the things you wanted to see in the world instead of the things you don't like, which we seem to spend so much time on? Maybe today we decide to start thinking and looking at those things that we want to see. Now... We've got a couple of guests on today. We have uh, Mike Webb, or we did. I think we may not have him right now, but I think he'll be back. Uh, we got 420 Jim who's going to be joining us. Um, and I know he's been a guest on the show before. Both of them have. But, um, Mike, I don't know where you went, but um, please come back if you're if you're inclined to, Mike was on the show last week, and uh, he announced his candidacy for the Kansas State Legislature. I see a lot of positive changes happening on that front. I know more people today than I've ever known before that were actually candidates for a public office. In our town hall meeting that we had last Saturday, um, Sharon Rabert was on. Now, Sharon was the guest on this show a few weeks back, and uh, she's running for office. Mike Webb last week announced that he's running for office. And we have a few other people in our community or people in our circle that I know are doing the same. Now, there's a thing we could do. Imagine... You look at your political situation, you look at the influencers in your world right now, right? And you say, well, what could change the problems in my life? What could make a difference? Well, clearly the political offices that affect us, our Congress people, our state legislature, our federal government, all of these people, at least in some way, do affect us and certainly could. Well, that would be a simple way to change something. Get inside get inside the mechanics of our political system. Be in a situation where you could make some changes. You could change the law. And that's one of the ways that we talk about make a change. Change a law. Now, there's a lot of bad laws, and we have ways that we can make change outside of that. Lots of good ways. But changing the law is certainly a good way. So um, I think I'm going to bring up Mike, and then we're going to uh, bring up Jim 
more or less at the same time because I believe uh, they were working together just recently. And um, well, let's see what they've got to say. Now, I don't know, for all of you who have been on this show for, I don't know, I guess we've had this show for about six or seven years now. Um, not too long after we began the show, I made a trip to Kansas, of all places. And <clears throat> when I left there, I said, you know, I'm never going back. I did what I could do. We did some good, but I didn't think I was ever going to go back. And then, uh, lo and behold, we had some good folks rise up and really dig in and, and, and start to uh, chip away at this just monumental wall that is the Kansas government. I mean, these people are so backwards in their thinking and and treat cannabis, of all things, as, as just this horrible crime when everybody's walking around packing guns. And I don't have a problem with people walking around packing guns. It's not my issue. It's not an issue I'm 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 standing on. I have I have a thing about people not having freedom to do anything they want to do, as long as it doesn't cause harm. Now, if somebody walks around packing a gun and shoots somebody that doesn't need to be shot, well, then that should be dealt with very seriously. Maybe as seriously as somebody who's growing cannabis where they oughtn't be. I don't know. Maybe maybe what if we did that? You know, it's interesting. Today, I was talking to a guy. And this guy probably will never hear this show, but I would hope he would. I've known him for many years and, you know, consider him a friend and an ally. And we were talking about the helicopters that have been buzzing around um, in California. And it's pretty harrowing. These guys are just doing a grid line across. I live out in a rural place in California, a place where not a lot of people live. But now these helicopters, they're zigzagging back and forth, and, and then they you can tell where all the grows are because they're circling around heavy and hard. And, you know, I, I, I talked to people that said, yeah, they were 100 feet off the ground just circling and filming, and, and it's a crazy situation. And we were talking about, you know, this pandemic that's going on right now, this national emergency, this worldwide major issue and we're short on hospital beds, and we're short on protective equipment, and we're short on water, and we're short on toilet paper, for God's sake. But we got enough cops to go raiding and busting those people growing plants. Now, I'm wondering, why aren't we upset about that? I'm just wondering, like, where, where's the problem? Where's the outrage? Where's the disconnect? Everybody's walking around either being defiant and not wearing masks or being afraid and, and hiding in their house. Either way, and raids haven't stopped. Helicopters haven't stopped flying. Um, seizures haven't stopped. And in the midst of this, this lockdown, I mean, my state's government, California, issued a total and complete lockdown. And yet, there's cops at that very same time dropping helicopters in people's backyards and cutting down plants. Not a word. I didn't hear a word of protest about it. I'm just wondering. I don't know. Maybe, maybe if we were to stand together and maybe if we were to work together a little better than we do, maybe we could get together and make a plan and execute that plan. You know, remember, knowledge is power. Information is knowledge, and we have all the tools in the world to disseminate that information. Maybe it's time to wield that power. Well, anyways, let's uh, get our show started. It's uh, I've been rambling for about 14 minutes, which is a good enough time. This is a show that is podcast, meaning we can talk about just about anything we like. Um, my rules are simple. You can bring any subject to this show as long as you're civil, as long as you're not being a jerk. 
Um, I welcome you if you disagree with me. I, I would love it for somebody that had an intelligent disagreement. I would love to have a conversation about that. I believe I'm right about things I say because, well, who wouldn't? And I like to be proven wrong if I am wrong. Show me. But you don't get to just come over here and spew. This is not Facebook. So uh, I welcome anybody who, uh, who has a problem with anything that we're doing here. Um, but you've got to bring it in an eloquent, succinct, civil way. And that way we all can have a conversation and work things out. That's the difference between us and a lot of other groups and individuals. We have the ability, the power, and I'm willing to use it to move forward using our minds, using our words, using our thoughts, instead of just bumbling around and being fools. All right, so we're going to bring up Mike Webb. Let's bring him up first. And Mike, again, was guest on our show last week. And he's running for state legislature in Kansas. And, um, Mike, how are you doing today? Um, pretty good, pretty busy. He's tired. Tired. <laughs> getting up at, you haven't I'll be even getting got up started yet. I'll be, I'll be getting up at 4.30 in the morning and going over to the local shop and having donuts and coffee with the old men from the town, you know. Yep, yep, and that's a, that's a piece of the puzzle. You, you gotta, you're, you're on the campaign trail now. You're going to be going from sunup to sundown and beyond uh, every day until that election. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh... – yeah, I'm working on a lot of different things. I'm going to start that YouTube channel and stuff so that I can people can hear the platform better and hear me explain it the way that I intend it to be because sometimes the written word isn't near as good as uh, actually hearing somebody say it and seeing the passion in which they say it and their, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah, absolutely. I, I believe the written word is important because you have time to – Really think it out. Choose those words carefully. You can you can change them until you're happy with them. But like you said, when you're talking, I mean, you know, when we when we turn this radio show into a show that you could see, I think it changed the dynamic of it. Um, if if you're looking in somebody's eyes and you're looking at their facial expressions, our nature, you know, the human brain is wired to read that. And whether we're aware of it or not, you're reading that person that you're looking at and talking to, and you're making a judgment based on what you're seeing, micro twitches and, and, and smiles and frowns and furrowed brows and all those little things. We actually communicate with those as much as or more than the actual words we say. And it's, um, you know, it's proven psychology and I think that to uh, um, to not use that, I mean, you've got a passion. I've spent time with you in person, and you've got the ability to engage somebody, to look them in the eye and, and, and you know, share your, 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 your soul with them. And I think that's where you're going you're gonna to capture your audience. I think that at the end of the day, that's the thing that's going to make a difference. You know, when you're listening to politicians, and you see these guys that are so scripted and so just, you know, it's like they don't care if you're there or not. They're going to say what they're going to say. they got their talking points, and they've already rehearsed every answer to every question, and there's no real connection to them. And half the ones that do connect with you are friggin' nuts. And, you know, you look at them and you're like, wow, I'm connecting to you, but, geez, I'm getting a headache. And so imagine, you know, imagine if we were to, to tap into somebody who was not afraid to look you in the eye and, and just talk. You know, you don't have to be scripted. You can, you can, you can blunder here and there a bit, and, and it'd be real and be better than being so scripted and so correct every time. And, you know, as long as you know what you're talking about, as long as you know your positions on the issues, um, you know, I don't know 
I'm not the greatest speaker in the world, but generally I can speak on anything that I that I believe or 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 you know anything that I live because I don't have to think about it. I don't have to sit there. I didn't have to look it up. It's I'm just going to tell you what's happening because it's my experience. I'm sharing myself with you when we're talking, and I think that as long as you get your platform articulated in your mind where you know where you're coming from, I think that's going to be the key to that. And then whatever anybody brings to you, I think it's going to have more impact. And then, like I said, if you if you have these things on video, then it doesn't matter who was there when you were saying it because they have the ability to come and find it. You have the ability to piece it together and deliver it to an audience uh, in a special way. So, I don't know. I think it's good. It's it's good practice, and I'm glad you're going forward with it. So uh, I understand you and uh, 420 Jim were hanging out. Yeah, uh, 420 got together with uh, Fired Up Kansas, and they were just having a chill and grill, and we were just going out there to support them, but you know how that works out. So then they ended up coming up to the shop, and then we sat out there for a day and uh, just spreading the awareness. And, you know, we kind of touched base with 420 Jim and gone over some of the issues he's had in the past and got them all squared away and he should, hopefully he called into the show and you guys can talk. Yeah. He's here right now. I was thinking about bringing him up with you on the line still. Yeah, that'd be great. Awesome. All right. Well, here we go. We got 420 Jim with us and uh, Jim, welcome to the show. You're live on the air with me and Mike, uh, Mike Webb. Hey, how you doing? I'm uh, glad for the invite. And uh, I don't know if you want to call me by my first name. It is four. I can call you. Boy. I can call you whatever you like. I can, I can call you. Uh, don't I won't call you. Later. How about that? No, uh, July eighth of uh, last year, I legally had my name changed to four twenty Jim, and I'm quite proud of it. Excellent, excellent. So I, I understand you're quite an evangelist, and uh, you've got uh, you've got you've got some good word you've been sharing. You want to share some of that with us? Well, yeah, I uh, started this in Farmington, New Mexico, back March 1st of 2014. I held the first cannabis event ever done at Mount Rushmore, and my co-host was Ross Don Meeks. Uh, anybody interested in religious rights to cannabis should look her up and her husband. It was U.S. Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals, U.S. Government versus Meeks. She's a wonderful, beautiful soul, and she was my co-host. And it was a tribute to Jack Hera. Uh, of course, anybody that knows cannabis should know that Jack Hera wrote The Emperor Wears No Clothes. I did a march on D.C. in 16, and I was going to quit because, you know, the president knew we are going in, Obama going out. And uh, I announced on my Facebook that I was quitting and headed back home. And uh, some vets out in Kokomo, Indiana, at the uh, Vietnam Veterans Reunion there at the Healing Fields got a hold of me and asked me to please come to the event. I'm not a vet, so it's quite an honor, but it is open to the public, by the way. And when I got there, they explained to me back then, you know, um, that if they mentioned pot to their docs or anything, they'd take their meds away. And uh, some of them would lose some money and stuff. And they asked me to be their voice. And uh, that's the highest honor I'll ever get in my life. And uh, I told them, sure, you know, uh, I promise you I'll be out here until we can get it federally changed. Uh, along the way, I met a lot of wonderful people like Jeff Mazansky, the guy in Missouri to get life without parole. I know his whole family and him. As a matter of fact, th- they have signed the inside of my motorhome and stuff. And I mean, you just wouldn't believe the people and things that I've seen along this journey. A lot of good cops, wonderful cops, few bad ones. You know, um, we got a lot of people right now hating, hating, hating. You know, all cops are bad because of what just happened uh, yesterday or day before with them choking out that black guy. I agree that uh, that's bad and people need to answer right away, but that don't make all cops bad. And trust me, I, I've been woke up in the middle of the night and went through an illegal search and stuff, but I still don't hate all cops. Yeah, I put a Calvin in the back window pissing on the West Virginia State Police for doing that, but that was it. You know, I got, I got my thing back that way. Um, I've attended three different city hall meetings. If you want change... 
you can speak at a city hall meeting. You just simply sign up. You give five minutes. Uh, unfortunately for them, I took them out each time I attended because they violated my rights. Yeah, it's um, I've seen a lot of crazy things happen inside of city council uh, meetings. But, you know, I think it's important that everybody take every example or every opportunity that they get to, to speak and, and act, and, you know, I think if we keep acting and we get used to it, you know, I think the problem is is the only time I ever see anybody get up and speak at a city council meeting is when something is, um, you know, coming down on them that's going to affect them personally, and then I watch it happen over and over again. I've spoken in dozens and dozens of city council meetings on behalf of the locals that were going through whatever they were going through, and then if you show up at the following couple of meetings, nobody's there, and it's business as usual. And unfortunately, the, you know, the city council gets used to that. There's little waves of uprising, and they just ride it out. But I think, well, I, I think that you demonstrate that taking action is, is, is and could and should be the new norm. I think we should get used to it. Oh, you got to. And I tell people the way to do it is, you go and say your five minutes at that meeting, whatever it's about. You don't like a pit bull band, let's say, just, you know, picking that out of the blue. So you go down there and you say your five minutes. And if you don't really feel that you're getting their attention, the last thing you say to them is, I'll see you next month. I'm going to bring a friend. And you don't just say it. You do it. Now at that meeting, you've got two five-minute spots. You work it out with your friend where it coincides. And the last word spoken at that meeting should be, I'll be back next month with a friend. And then you got four. Then you got eight. And, you know, by the time you've done the five meetings, they kind of get the point. Yep. I, co- I couldn't agree more. I, I think that um, that's a wonderful plan. Yeah, it's, it's just the execution, you know. And I think a lot of people, um, they got a short attention span. And, when when you lay out a plan like that that takes five weeks to come to fruition, I think a lot of people just have a hard time holding it together. And I think that that's where um, I think that that's where organizing and 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 communicating and and meeting with people and and discussing and coming up with a, a solid plan. You know, you got to get people that are passionate enough to come to a thing five weeks in a row and and keep doing it. But I. I've seen it happen, and I and I know that it can be very effective if we can get the people to come together and keep coming together. That's the whole thing. you got to get everybody together. And if I may, one thing I like to teach along my journey, I've been in 31 states, seven years on the road. And one thing I, that I'd like to touch on is I tell people, come out of the box. And what I simply mean by that is if you were – born and I put you in a box and locked you in there and you had no human contact with me or anyone else fed through the door, whatever and I let you out today what what would you know? You would know absolutely nothing, so remember no matter whether it's true or false right or wrong or whatever, you're taught everything you know everything, even if you taught it to yourself so do a reset today come out of that box you look around, I don't care what longitude or latitude you're standing at, it's simply called planet Earth. We're taught everything. So you look around, you see trees, and you see animals, and you see what? Human beings. They all bleed red, come in naked nothing, and leave naked nothing. That's all they are, human beings. Might be different breeds. So, you know, you spread peace and love with your left hand to anybody that wants peace and love. And you carry your sword in your right and defend your family. That's the Bible, that's religion, that's everything right down the line. You follow that golden rule. You don't want to be stole from, lied to, or none of that. Don't do it to no one else. We got to quit living in the past, you know. Uh, I think that thing with the blacks and the cops that just happened is a thing to just stir things up even more and even more. Uh, That was kind of blatant for that cop to just do that, you know, like that. And I think we will see more and more and more of that, you know, because, now, all of a sudden, the Black Lives Matter shirts come out. Come on, yes, they do, but don't all lives matter? 
we got to get off the colors. we got to get off the race. we all going to end up in the same place in a grave. And if you're worried about the corona, stay at home. Don't interfere in other people's rights. You've got the right to come out and be in happiness. I mean, I'm just going by my feelings and my say. You know, um, we can't live in fear. If if I lived in fear of the virus or fear that I'm going to be struck by lightning or this, that, and the other, I'm not living life. You're not living. You're living in fear. you got to get rid of that fear and stuff. I don't care what you're doing or when you're doing it. When it's your time to go, it's your time to go. And if it's from a virus, fine. I mean, I, there is a virus, I'm, but it hasn't killed as many people as the flu and stuff normally does. And they counted a lot of them. If they just had it in their body, but they fell out of an airplane, it was a corona death. Okay? Um, you know, I'm not saying one death's too many, but I think a lot of it's got to do with people trying to rig the election and stuff, which I really don't like to get into politics that much. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that – I think you you made a, a really good point about – Every but every life matters and all freedom matters and I think that if we were to hold actions as accountable, it really doesn't matter what what the details are, you know. If if we all are created equal and we all are afforded equal protection under the law, then so be it. If we're not, well then we either need to recognize it or or, or, or hold it accountable. And I think that, you know, politics is a problem because Politics is divisive, and politics is um, – it, it, I've never seen politics as politics accomplish anything. I've seen people with, with opposing viewpoints be able to figure things out, and I've seen people that have opposing viewpoints have solutions that could work. Um, is there one right way of thinking? I don't know. But I know there's definitely right action and wrong action. And any time that anybody, and especially an individual that's in a position of power, abuses that power, I believe that should be dealt with accordingly. And, you know, I I, I think, and it's not, you know, to me, it gets made about race because for that person it was about race. But the truth is it's about abuse of power and any any official that abuses their power, I'm sorry, um, I've seen it go oh, in all I, different directions. And oh, it's, just, I, it's I, all I, I agree. As a matter of fact, that you know, especially like, okay, I, I made a flag. I respect cops. I love the good ones. I fly a flag. It's got a blue bar and a red bar. One for the cops. One for the paramedics. Just and firemen. Uh, I love a good cop, and I make fun of the bad ones. I want them fired. I'm, I've wore a sign that said, sorry, Knoxville, your city mayor and chief of police suck. But I don't do that elsewhere because, you know, that was just one particular chief of police. Try and get an officer's apology. It will never happen. Um, they should be held to a higher judgment than any of us. Now, when you said they're here to protect us, I'd hate to, I'd hate to bust your verbal. But the Supreme Court ruled they are not here to protect and serve us. They made a ruling on that, which I don't know if people know. And I don't know why the hell we paid for them then. But it is blatantly said that they are not here to protect and serve us. So, uh, you know, unless something's changed or I'm totally wrong, but last I heard, that's the ruling on cops. But, you know, they're supposed to be the role models that the kids and the teenagers and stuff look up to. But if they're out drunk driving or, or killing people that are innocent, you know, and stuff, what the hell? So I think they should be held a lot more accountable. You know, like if the normal uh, sentence is 10 years, a cop should face 20, period. Because uh, you're supposed to respect that badge. You take an oath and whatnot. Uh, come on. There's lots of great cops that can live within the law and do just fine. Uh if they protect the bad cops, then they're just as bad. Okay, it was one guy that put his knee on that guy's neck. Yes, he should be charged with murder in my eyes. I mean, I'm just, just this is my eyes, guys. He should be charged with murder. But the other two standing on the body with him and the one just standing there kind of looking dumb should all be charged with accessory to murder. And that should have happened already. But that's just, you know, I can't 
I've been through it on this journey. There's no justice for us yet when it comes to cops. But then again, what's the first thing the press do? Turn it on and trying to make look Trump bad look again by posting back in 2017, he stupidly asked the cops why they, you know, protect the crook's head or whatever when he puts them in a cop car. You don't, you know, you don't have to treat them as gentle is what he is saying, which it kind of ticked me off just a little bit too because might be an innocent person you're putting in that police car. You should treat anybody with respect, you know, until they give you some bullshit or whatnot. And then, you know, if you have to be ungentle with them, I understand. But I didn't see any of that with, with the cops and the black guy, but I don't know the whole case on that. All I know is nobody should have died at that scene, and they they need to be some arrests made. Well, Jim, um, it sounds like you've been uh... – You've, you've experienced a lot in the last seven years, and you say you've been on the road um, for a while now. And where 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 are you headed next? What did, what are your plans in the next little while? Well, I'm in Topeka for the weekend. Um, I'll be headed out to Knoxville and whatnot. I want to make it probably to D.C. Then I'll swing back by in September uh, to uh, Indiana and do the veterans event this year. This is pretty much my last year out, and I want to go by there and spend one last time with our vets and stuff and let them know I'm still going to, you know, uh, be thinking about them and all and appreciate what they've done for me and everything. And then I'm coming back to uh, Colorado Springs to live where my family is. Do you have a, a website or someplace that has, like, your tour dates or where you're at? Uh, Well, I mainly use Facebook. I've got a website and all. I've had plenty of people say that, you know, take care of it for me, but you know how that goes. Um, I do pay for a website and all, but I don't get I don't get much chance to play with it. The main thing and the only reason I'm paying for that website is anybody can go to 420jim.com. If you click on the little Facebook button, it will take you to my Facebook. Now, fake book, as I call it, won't let me use my legal name. <laughs> They pay me, when people send me money in the funding, they pay me under the name 420 Gym. But on Facebook itself, they will not let me be my legal name, and I've showed them the court order and all. Versus court order and all, and they still won't let me do it, which is kind of strange and funny. To find me on Facebook, one has to type in James H. Stevens Jr., or like I say, hit the button on the website. And on the website is a petition not doing good at all. I mean, I'll talk to 100 people, and if all of them will tell me how they're going to go home and sign it, and if five do, I'm impressed. It said, oh, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I've been opening news. Well, just last year with uh, uh, Mike there in uh, Hayesville, we were lead story. They filmed outside of the bus, matter of fact, you know. Uh, I've done that in Amarillo, Texas, Bubbick, Texas, Point Kansas, you name it. You know, I've made the news just they don't make it one big news so everybody knows about me. Um, you would think that petition would have a million people on it. I don't think it's hit 10,000 yet. It's been out two years. But I can't make people well, sign. You know, you you know what I mean? I think is uh, you just keep showing up and you keep, uh, you keep preaching your word, you keep beating the drum, and, you know, that's all any of us can do is stay the course. So I, I applaud and your I can, work and uh, – I, I applaud your grit, and I, I wish more people had it. So I um, appreciate you coming on the show, and, of course, you're welcome anytime. Uh, if you've got an event or anything that you're um, going to be attending or promoting, um, you know, pop by any Wednesday and, and let us know what's going on. Hey, if uh, somebody listening or you or, or your, your producer or somebody could send a link to me. I don't have a link or nothing to your program. Uh, I've had people tell me in the past they were, but they just, I don't know. We never got hooked up, but, yeah, uh, and I appreciate you letting me be on your show and all. Uh, lots of things happen out there. Uh, Atlantic East Motion yeah. Pictures is trying to make a movie about the adventure, so hopefully we get that going next year. Stay on the line, and I will have Candace, the screener, um, pop on uh-huh. and talk to you, and she'll get you anything you need, okay? Hey, thank you so much, and you all have a blessed day. Peace, love, and cannabis for all. You betcha. All right, folks, 420 Jim. And, again, Jim, stay on the line, and Candace will get your information. 
All right. Let's see. Well, we're burning a lot of time up, and um, that's okay. We got Glenn Keeling up next, and Glenn has been uh, fighting a case now for, uh, oh, more than two years, I believe. It's been a while. And, uh, you know, he's going through some of the same stuff that I've been through and, and so many people that I've been working with. And I want y'all to re remember and realize, if you didn't ever know, you know, the Human Solution International is an organization that's about supporting and educating. We're about working to end cannabis prohibition um, by any peaceful means necessary. We show up in courtrooms when we can, when we have a defendant that's willing to stand and fight, um, and, and we're there standing by their sides as we can. Uh, we show up and educate potential jurors about their rights to nullify a, a bad law if it's given to them. Um, we support POWs, federal, state prisoners, cannabis prisoners mostly, but any nonviolent offender, um, doesn't belong in prison, then we support you. Um, but one of the things I think that we do more than anything that is under uh, acknowledged is that we're there for you. We care for you. Um, I remember somebody I was working with a while ago said it best, and it was a, a defendant that we were supporting at the time, and there's been many of them over the years, many, many of them, and most of them come and go without any fanfare, and when their case is over, we don't ever hear from them again, and this is one that I hadn't heard from, I don't think, in five or six years, there's, like I've said so many times, there's a million reasons to walk away, and only good one, one good reason to stay, and so... The odds are that most of the people we help are going to walk on and, and not look back. But this person said something to me that kind of stuck. And so whether they're here or not really doesn't matter. The words that they left behind, and at the time, at least I believe they meant it. They said, you know, the human solution is the only group that I know of that has your back. They have your back. Now, as we go through life, I believe we find all kinds of uh, relationships, situations. We find friendships. We find acquaintances. We find buddies of all types. And you don't find out until things get rough who has your back. And I think more often than not, we find out that the people we wish had our back generally don't. And every once in a while, you find out that somebody you didn't know had your back does. But I tell you what, when you find out, for reals, when somebody's got your back, and generally that means they're there for you when you're going through a rough time. They're there for you when you're locked up. They're there for you when you're going through a case. They're there for you when you get sick. They're there for you when you're when you're all alone and 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 facing whatever it is you're facing. That's having your back. They're there for you when you're being attacked by somebody else, whether it's the government or an individual or individuals. Somebody's got your back. That's what that means. They've got your back. They're watching your backside because you can't. And I think that that's the part that matters the most about the Human Solution International is that we've got your back. And this organization sometimes is really big and sometimes it's kind of small. But in whatever form it is, it's got your back. And I've been part of I don't know how many conversations that were just about listening. Listening to the person who is afraid or frustrated or some combination of those things. Give them a chance to talk and... and and know that somebody's listening, knowing that somebody cares. Sometimes you can help in a physical way. Sometimes you can't. But I think that's the thing that we need most in life is just to know that somebody cares. And I think that's where our prison outreach is so important because when you're locked up, you don't have any way 
to reach the world. You know, you can pick up the phone and dial somebody if they'll take your call. But if they don't take your call, you got no way to, to track them down. You got no way to drop by and stop by and see them. You got no way to send them an email unsolicited. You don't have any way to reach out. And I think that that's where our prison outreach is, is so powerful, is that, you know, we're there. We're there to talk and we're there to listen and we're there to provide a light into a dark place. And I think that, um, you know, that's that's the thing that in so many ways is so underrated and yet so important. So, anyways, Glenn Keeling is the chapter coordinator for our Creative Care Beacon chapter in Ohio, and uh, he's been advocating for a bunch of other people while he's going through his own case at the same time, him and his wife, Peggy. And, um, you know, we support them. We stand by them. We've got your back. And uh, what's going on today, Glenn? Hey, guys. How are you doing, uh, Joe? Thank you very much for having me on. Um, yeah, listen to you. You know, man, you're so, so, you know, no matter how tough you are, no matter how badass you are, no matter how whatever – you catch a case that has gone on as long as, you know, you went through a case for six years and Peggy and I, we've been now going through this case for uh, two years and eight months now. Um, and it, it's, it's scary as hell. That's all there is to it. I mean, it, it, it it's, man, it just, it really racks you and, you know, and you, you, you feel cornered sometimes, you know, like, you, you know, going through one of the a, a cannabis case especially a non-violent case that you know nobody should have to be going through it is is scary enough and the the amount of time that they dangle in front of you um and, and you know when it's not so much as you know they're holding my wife against me you know and that's you know that's real hard you know that's you know i've watched over the last two and two over two and a half years you know her health you know, really deteriorate because of this case. And um, we are thankful that we have an organization like the Human Solution, you know, putting it out there and, and trying to, you know, drum up all the support that they can and, and be in there. You know, there's a lot of times, you know, any member of the Human Solution, you know, our you know our numbers can be found and, and it's real easy to call and talk to any of them about anything. And, and it's real the, the people in the organization is, is real easy to talk to is because it, they've been there. They've gone through it or, um, you know, a lot of our members are, you know, ex-plant prisoners or defendants in one way or another. And, and it's just nice to be able to connect with people that's gone through the same thing and, and have that kind of support. <clears throat> um, you know, this, this, nobody should ever have to face any kind of cannabis case and, and, um, you know, something, you know, Joe, you, you brought it up that, you know, a lot of times we do forget, we, we forget that, you know, there's, there's people sitting in prison for, you know, exactly what a lot of states are allowing, you know, and that, that word, I really hate that word is, you know, adults being allowed to do something, you know, especially a freedom of choice. Um, you know, it, there, there's people that are sitting in prison and, you know, that have, you know, allowed people to be able to consume. I mean, in states that there's programs, the reason they're in programs is because somebody is sitting in prison because exactly what you're able to do. And that's, you know, that's the harsh truth of, of cannabis legalization is, is the only reason that there's some kind of legalization really is because somebody is sitting in prison because of it. They fought before them. Um, and I think that everybody that is going through a case um, whether it's a cannabis case or not, any kind of case that violates human rights um, absolutely should be supported 100%. So um, any one of our uh, Human Solution chapters are are here to support you any way we possibly can. You know, if you're in Ohio and you're going through something, um, Peggy and I will support you as long as we possibly can. You know, uh, that's what it's about is, is solidarity and support and, and having somebody stand there with you because – sitting at that table facing, you know, somebody's accusing you of something that's, you know, as simple as a cannabis case, it's scary. It's harsh. Um, and it really 
brings you to the brink of, of breaking sometimes. Um, it's rough. It really, it's really rough. And, and we are thankful that there, you know, there is an organization like the human solution to, to be there. Absolutely. Well, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. And like you said, I, I went through it. Um, so many people, you know, the, the time is on their side and all it does is beat us up and you know, it takes from us and they're just going to work. So, um, you know, I, I support you guys. I applaud your, your grit and staying tough and staying with it. And, uh, if somebody wants to, uh, help you out or maybe they need help, um, how do they get a hold of you? Oh, absolutely. Easy. Um, you can go to uh, Facebook and type in creative care beacon, um, or you can put in my name, Glenn Keeling or Peggy Sue Kimmel, um, or if you you know can't do that, you can just simply give me a call. My phone number is four one nine eight six three zero four nine eight. And trust me, if you call, I will answer. Fantastic. Well, I I know you will, and I know you supported a lot of people while you're dealing with uh, your own case, which is um, admirable as it is. I know I know how important that is, though. I know when I was going through my case. I made it a point to uh, support everybody I could. I figured if I was asking for help, I better be giving it. And so it's a good policy. And, uh, you know, I believe it served me well, and I, and I know it's going to serve you as well. So, uh, well, thank you, Glenn. And, uh, of course, uh, our support goes to you and Peggy. And, um, you know, we're, we're pushing to change this so that nobody has to go through this anymore, and we're not going to stop until we get there. I got kids and grandkids, and one day I'll have great grandkids that I don't want to see have to deal with this. So we're we're going to keep marching until we get there. All right, on. All right, thank you very much for having me on, and you guys have a great evening. My pleasure. Thank you. All right, so we got a couple of minutes left, um, and I want to bring up Bobby Rodrigo, um, and we're going to talk about our uh, town hall meeting that's coming up. And, um, Bobby, I'm assuming and hoping that you're listening. There he is. And so uh, this last Saturday, we had a town hall meeting, and um, hopefully you guys were able to see it. It is uh, There's a link to it on all over Facebook and in a number of different places. And, uh, I don't know, we had a, a, a number of thousand folks um, take a look at it, and I thought it went well. Um, but we've got another one coming up in a month or so, and uh, we're really going to go all out. Now, the Walk for Change. Can I get one of those, Liz? Ha <laughs> ha! I only have one cup. An official cup of joe. I forgot. Mm, and it's delicious, too. Anyways. Next time, Bobby. <laughs> we're going to have our, our virtual cup. You know how we're doing the. The, the walk thing, we'll be able to do that. It'll be pretty cool. I like it. Yeah, that's a good idea, as a matter of fact. Yeah, I like that. I think we can work something out. we gotta, we got to get a little prior proper planning, but I think we can make it happen. <laughs> Anyways, um, so as we know, prior proper planning prevents piss poor performance. And so we are going to prior, properly priorly plan this event, and we are going to perform well. And so... Um, our initial plan was to leave the West Coast on June 20th and start heading out. But, um, you know, we had one of our major organizers have a major surgery and is still recovering. And then, of course, we had this pandemic wreak havoc across the entire United States and the whole world, and that's getting in the way a little bit. And we got an economy that's ground to a halt, and we have – people that are, you know, lost and don't have any idea what's going on. So to expect them to focus on the big work of changing the world um, is a little difficult. So we're giving it a little extra time, and we've decided instead of launching our physical walk on June 20th, we're going to have a big town hall meeting, and we're going to be able to engage the issues, bring the uh, a number of people that are supporting the Walk for Change, sponsoring the Walk for Change, engaged with the Walk for Change, walking in the Walk for Change, 
to come together and have a conversation about this effort. What's your thoughts? Yeah, no doubt. You know, we, we have to stay positive, of course, at all times. And, you know, the, the, the pandemic side of things is what it is. You know, we, we, the one thing about the human race uh, that is pretty much a constant as we will adapt, you know, sometimes we adapt in interesting directions, but normally we adapt and make things work, and that's kind of what we're doing right now with this. And, you know, the town hall that you mentioned that we just passed was really great. I mean, Sharon Raver, Janine Loudon, uh, you know, live music by Fernando Perdomo and Nick Early. Uh, you know, we got a little taste of the Walk the Chains anthem. You know, Nurse Janice Champagne, Jim, Jim Bartell also talking about the uh, Ryan's Law, the very important advocacy of the Ryan's Law. That was amazing presentation by them, and, 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 and overall, it was, it was a good day. And so, you know, it, it inspired us to, to put on another town hall, actually our own town hall. This will, this will be the Walker Change Town Hall, and it is great that it is on June 20th, which was going to be our launch date. So we're staying true to our, our schedule to some degree, of course, um, at 12 noon. And, you know, you get a, you're going to get a lot of information developing uh, you know, your email blast and promoting, and, and we're going to have fantastic. We're going to have live music again, of course. Fernando's going to be coming by. We're going to have a couple of other people. We've got, we, we got a couple of surprise guests coming on. We're going to have some panels this time as well. Uh, we're going to cover a, a, a little bit broader of a spectrum to go over the, the many issues that uh, seem to be dominating our society. You know, we have you know, there's a lot of information out there, for example, about what's going on with the Native American communities, the pandemic, with voting, uh, just overall. You know, we have, the, we have the human trafficking issue. We have women disappearing off of reservations. You know, so there's those subjects. We, you know, we have the food supply chain that is just insane right now. And it already was before the pandemic, you know, so we're going to bring out some people to talk about that and farming, you know, and how, how important uh, it is to have uh, proper access to food going to talk, certainly cover about medical access. You know, we're certainly not going to forget about criminal justice reform. We're going to talk, we're going to talk with some veterans who are dealing with a myriad of issues. Again, you know, you have access to medical care, proper medical care relative to mental health. You, you know, we have the 22 veterans a day committing suicide. Uh, you know, we have, we have the issues with the VA. You know, things that are impacting our neighbors, our friends, our family. And then, of course, cannabis prohibition, which has all the tentacles. In, involved there, uh, you know, protecting our children and families. There's so many subjects. So we're going to expand this a little bit. We're going to bring some people on. They're going to be able to talk about it. I'm looking forward to it. And, and there's a poll. I don't know if you've had a chance to see it yet, uh, you, you know, in your spare time. Yes, actually, I did see it. I haven't responded yet, but I have seen it. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, so we got a poll on the Walk for Change Facebook page. Want to know why you walk for change? Because it is about what choices we each make. You know, Joe has talked about this a number of times. For him, personally, it is about freedom of choice. For me, probably my core is about empowering communities. I've always advocated empowering communities, empowering people for human rights, which is one of our core beliefs, you know, and doing something that works for everyone. You know, getting our government to work for us properly you know, getting access to the things that we need to have a good quality of life. It's really not much to ask for, considering the kind of country we allegedly have. And, and allegedly have. You know, sometimes... We could have. How about that? Yeah, yeah. Had. Well, yes, because this is a movement to make change, not Exactly. And that's the thing. We're not asking. We are making the change. That's what this is all about. And and the thing is, okay, the thing that we have to remember, whatever your thoughts are about politics and the people in power, the people that are this and that and this and that, here's the deal. Regardless of what the problem is today, we live in a place, in a time, and in an environment where we could change it. And there are places today where you can't, and there's a lot of them. So that's the thing that makes this so amazing is that we can change it. We can. We better hurry up before they make it like some of the other places. Yes. Because we want to go back to liberty. Yes. We want to go back 
to freedom of choice. We want to go back to quality of life. We want to go back to, hey, if I'm not hurting you, leave me alone. If I'm living quality, leave me alone. You know, no, love wins, and it, and it really does. It really, really does. You know, it is all about, it is all about you know, regardless of, of anybody's religion, Jesus Christ was a pretty smart fellow. You know, just, you know, treat everybody like you want to be treated. And then, of course, adding to that in life is treat yourself well. Self-care is a big deal. You know, uh, pay attention to what your own needs are. Get well, you know, take care of yourself. And and then, you know, project and live in a way that that is the same with everybody else. And walk the walk. Walk the change. Indeed. Absolutely. All right. Well, I appreciate uh your time. We're going to try to close this thing out to close enough to a one-hour, one-hour show. we still got Tom Corby to finish up. Just remember, folks, the Human Solution International um, is one of the prime sponsors of the Walk for Change, and we have lots of nonprofits that are working together, lots of individuals, more and more companies. And, and at the end of the day, the Walk for Change is for you. It's for me. It's for your kids. It's for your grandkids. It's for all of us. It's an opportunity to leave a legacy. You know, they say that the real leaders in the world aren't here to lead the people. They're here to leave a legacy. They're here to build something that will live on. This is something that can do that. If you really got it in you to leave the world a better place, this is a way to do it. Get involved. Participate. Walk number four, change.us. Pop by. Say hi. And uh, get involved. All right, folks. We got... Tom Corby to wrap the show up, and uh, let's see what old Tom has to say today. Tom Corby, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? You are live on the air. Well, Joe, that's a loaded question when you get my age. (laughs) (laughs) I I, want to thank you, Joe, and uh, Bobby Rodrigo today. Finally get to see what Bobby looks like. Uh, (laughs) And I want to thank him. Great talk today. Um, also, Lisa and Becca, and uh, all those on the front line. Don't forget Candace. Together. Candace was here today for us. I was just going to say, yeah, that's good. Thank you. Yeah, because Candace, Candace Dyer, welcome aboard, and thank you for the great screen. And, uh, so when we talk about Walk for Change, when we talk about the Human Solution International, when we talk about the cannabis, it's all the same. Our goal and vision has always been to end the failed war of cannabis and free all our POWs. No one should go to jail for our sacred plan. It was really great having the cannabis here again, Joe. Uh, it's been seven years since you were here, and uh, it's historical. Uh, shout out to Stacy Thies and Carrie Cannon. Uh, they stayed overnight, uh, had a great time. Uh, they're thinking about coming back up through here in May and uh, stay a little longer, and maybe we can get you up here, Joe. Go so on the okay, cannabis. I tried May to find. Almost over. Uh, yeah, so I tried to find your your signature and mine, and I never could find it. And I said, "Are we on the right bus?" And then we found Donna Corby, and that was back you know, seven years ago. So uh, it was great, and uh, I want to thank everybody today. Uh, I did ask a question on the. I gave a little talk in the bus about the about the human solution, I asked them all, I said, when you, when you come for a defendant and you're, ab- you're advocating, uh, what's the first thing you do? And nobody answered. It's Frank Canan. Discovery. Now, I talk about this almost every, uh, every chance I get because I think it's the most important that we get our discovery and then it's going to be continued probably a couple months so the discovery can be reviewed also by your DA. So 
of course, support. When we talk about it, we always learn to come from priorities. It's just going to be a continuance, and we keep working your case. Uh, well, the next thing we always do with a defendant ourselves is we we file the nine nine five dismiss probable cause motion. What's that say? All these cases I've worked, when you say we're walking for change and we're, we're going to change, we've already made a big change with the human solution in national, even right up here in NorCal. I used to spend almost every day in one courtroom or the other all over Northern California, especially, of course, Butte County. We always, always take them to trial. We always throw everything at them in that motion, and that's what gets the bacon. So I'm so glad to share anybody that can use this information and always get a hold of us Facebook up here in Northern California. If you have a case, let us know. Uh, we don't really have any, any anymore. Actually, I think they're they're almost they're allowing uh, 70 plants up here on on the grow in Butte County. So. Uh, when we stand our ground, we do back them down, and that's what we do. I want to thank you all today, and as Donna Corby said, always don't forget to breathe. Absolutely. We're going to keep breathing, and we're going to keep walking, and we're going to keep going until all the change that we want to see is done. Thank you so much, Tom Corby, and thank you, Candace, for uh, screening calls today, and thank you, everybody who's made this show great as always. And until next week, let's see what old Willie has to say. I am Willie Nelson, and the Willie Nelson Teapot Party and I endorse the human solution, supporting cannabis prisoners because no one should go to jail for a plant. Little things I should have said and done, you were always on.